Welcome to the Paul Leslie Hour. It's the fourth appearance of Connell Fawkes, singer, pianist, and member of Woody Allen's jazz band. Connell will also be performing a couple of songs on this show. The Paul Leslie Hour has a mission, and you can help. Just go to www.thepaulleslie.com slash support. Right out front, we say thank you. Gentlemen, Connell, Mr. Paul, it's time to get this show going. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm very pleased to be welcoming back for a fourth time. Again, I will say this is the fourth visit of Connell Fawkes. He is a Grammy award-winning pianist, vocalist, double bassist, arranger. He's a recording artist. His music has been featured in major motion pictures. And uh, I, I can say that there have only been a few guests who have been on four times. And I know you're a humble man. You've said, I'm not that interesting. And I think the people who have listened to your interviews would disagree. Connell Phelps, thank you very much for being with us. You're very welcome, Paul. Thanks so much for having me back again. It's always a pleasure. It is a pleasure for us, yes. So how's it been going? Well, since we last spoke, um, things definitely feel more optimistic, or I, I should say I feel more optimistic about the direction we're going in. Uh, the music scene, talking about New York City and my kind of local area, is definitely opening up. It's still a shadow of its former self, but it's heading in the right direction. And I've been doing a, a few gigs, a trickle of gigs, two or three a week, which is great. And, and it makes me so happy to yeah. get out there and play and see my, you know, friends and colleagues. And uh, yeah, it feels good. feels good. I'm glad to hear it. I think, was it, was it 2020 or was it last year that we spoke? Um, I have no memory. <laughs> At all, Paul. So I'll have to leave that one to you. I don't remember. It, it feels like it was a year ago, but yeah, it, it seems like the past couple of years have kind of uh, molded or or merged into one. <laughs> kind oh, of absolutely! This whole—I don't know what you call it—this whole COVID block of time. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it gets very. It's hard to remember when things happened, and you know how long ago things were. So tell us, when we were talking the last time, we were kind of dreaming about what it would be like to see live music. Since then, you have performed a few times. What was the first gig that you did where you, you performed in front of a live audience after the lockdowns? Um, yeah, the... Uh I don't know if it was actually the first, but the, the, the first few things I was doing were in small kind of local venues in Manhattan and Brooklyn. And they were full of people, uh, you know, great attendance from the public. And it kind of, it was almost like the old days. I, I went in there a little bit gingerly, you know, and kept a mask on, uh, and I was surprised at the amount of people in there and the close proximity of people. And it was all, you know, legal and according to city regulations. And uh, once I kind of accepted that and got used to it, I mean, it was great. It was wonderful. It was kind of like it used to be. So uh, I, 
I can't help but notice you have a quite a, a large number of books there, and I'm wondering, are those song books? What do you have there? These here are actually LP records. Oh, okay. Um, and there's the same amount on the other, the other wall over there, which you can see. And I keep my music library, sheet music stuff, uh, just around the corner there. Uh, hundreds of books of old old sheet music and that kind of stuff. But yeah, this, these are LPs. Okay. Now, when we look through the record collection there, tell us about some of your favorites that you go to again and again. Oh boy, there, there are so many. So I try and group these in maybe like a piano or mainly piano kind of bunch. There's big band stuff, and then I've got female vocals, male vocals. I've got a whole uh, Cuban and Latin section down here. And um, But some of my – well, there's a few favorites that since that I've had since I was a kid that I still keep going back to, and that's uh, – a Jay McShann solo LP on the Black Line label called Vine Street Boogie. And uh, I still go back to that. Um, there's a, an Eddie Condon kind of um, compilation album that my dad bought me when I was about 10. And I still go back to that one. It's got all these great guys on it. And then... Um, I'm constantly picking here and there if I'm learning new material or I feel like, um, you know, a George Shearing a little binge or something or um, whatever it might be. So I pick around all the time and have little phases of certain people, you know. If somebody was trying to expand their horizons and they weren't very familiar with Latin jazz, could you recommend for them a great Latin jazz record to get things going? Latin jazz. Um, yeah, well, um, there's a band, one of my, one of my favorite bands growing up in my, uh, in my twenties, I should say, uh, that I came across in London was a band called Iraquere, which Chucho Valdez, uh, led and directed. And they've, they made they put out a lot of great albums and there's to pick one they're all great but to pick one there's um one or two volumes that were recorded live at ronnie scott's in london and um they're both fantastic now it's very cuban and the style is very cuban so it's not like new york or American Latin jazz. This is real Cuban jazz, uh, Afro-Cuban jazz. But it's a wonderful place to start. Amazing band, absolutely amazing band, and wonderful arrangements and ridiculous soloing, and it's got everything there. So that might be a place to start. So anything going on uh, or coming up on the horizon with your Latin jazz band? Actually, yeah, we just, um, well, I play in a few and they're actually, they're not Latin jazz. They're one's a, um, what they call a sonora, which is a style of band, um, that was prominent in the thirties and forties. And the music we play, the, the songs are from that period. 
and um, it's they're called Los Soneros de Oriente, and we just made a recording. It's kind of a a, a mini album. It's about seven or eight songs, and we just performed two nights ago. A uh, wonderful gig in the Bronx, and a lot of the kind of local. Uh, the fans of this band came out to see us, which was uh, which was great. Sorry, I've got to move this. Um, the other uh, Latin groups I play with have still not really started up playing again. Uh, one band we were supposed to rehearse next week and make a, a single for a Scandinavian uh, label, but there's been problems. I don't think that's going to happen. That group has invitations for the summer and into the early fall to go to Zanzibar, of all places, and Colombia and the west coast of the States. So fingers crossed that that goes ahead. Let's hope so. Yeah. I have been going through over the last few months, and I've been listening to what a lot of people would call the the great standards of jazz. And I've been, you know, there's, there are a lot of them are, that are so, so famous that I felt like I was overlooking them. And I was listening to this one that everybody knows, and it's been recorded by pretty much every jazz musician. And along with people like Paul McCartney, and I'm talking about Bye Bye Blackbird. Yeah. Yeah. You- great old, great old song. That's uh I think Ray Henderson and Mort Dixon were the uh, composer and lyricist on that. 1926, I wow. believe, which was a good year. A lot <laughs> of great stuff came out in that year. Coming up on, on 100 years of that song. Yes, yeah. Is that one of those songs that pretty much for, for a man like yourself, if you're going to be a pianist, you just you have to learn, you have to know that song? I would say, yeah, it's one of those that you kind of expected to know. Although, you know, having said that, I don't remember the last time somebody kind of called it on a gig. Mm-hmm. Um, some, of, some of these songs go in and out of uh, vogue, I guess. But, uh, it, yeah, it's definitely a song that you would just assume everybody knows, you know. Well, Connell, how would you feel about playing it? I'll certainly give it a shot. <laughs> Why not? It's a great old tune. All right. It's, uh, if it, with your permission, Paul, I'll I'll attempt the the lesser known verse of that song also, which uh, rarely ever sees the light of day. But it's actually quite a nice quite a nice verse. So if I can remember the lyrics, um, your listeners will have an idea. I Everybody knows it. the chorus. That's the famous part. But. Right. Yeah. All right, let's see. Blackbird, blackbird, singing the blues all day, right outside of my door. Blackbird, blackbird, why do you always say There's no sunshine in store 
all through the winter you hung around now i begin to feel homeward bound blackbird blackbird gotta be on my way where there's sunshine galore Pack up all my care and woe Here I go singing low Bye bye Where somebody waits for me Sugar's sweet, so is she Hard luck stories they all had. Make my bed, light the light. I'll arrive late tonight. Blackbird, Something like that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I don't know if if you've heard that verse before. No. But, um, then nobody ever does it, and I neither do I. Um, you just you play the famous chorus part, but but um, looking over it and learning it, it's actually it's a pretty thing, and it and it's got that minor, you know, blackbird, blackbird, and singing the blues all day. It's kind of little mournful to begin with and yeah. uh, it's nice it's a shame it gets left out absolutely true Connell, would you say you were heavily influenced by fatch waller oh absolutely absolutely yeah um i think anybody who who uh plays what we call stride piano harlem stride whether you dabble in it or, you know, really specialize in it, Fats is, um, he's it. I mean, he was a student of James B. Johnson, who's really the father of that style. And many, many great stride players. But Fats, you know, maybe was the greatest. Hmm. But I love him anyway. It's, yeah, huge influence. There's something I don't think I have the 
the the musical education or the knowledge to pinpoint what it is. But there's always something of Fats Waller that I hear in you. I'm not surprised at all. I just listened to way too much of him that that is uh, good for me. But yeah, it just creeps in. There's all these little figures, or uh, I don't know. It just it creeps in. You can't have too much Fats Waller. I agree. <laughs> so what's what's going on with the Woody Allen Jazz Band? Is there any talk or rumors or anything of of performances coming up there yes there are um we haven't played we haven't been together all this time but um there is talk i'm not allowed to uh, publicly let you in on everything but there is talk about maybe starting up in may mm. uh as a with a regular residence residency again in new york city um we have two new members of the the band now um unfortunately uh our wonderful bass player who's with us for uh i don't know 20 years or so at the carlisle she moved back to australia where she's originally from so we have a new bass player um wonderful guy that i've worked with for years called brian nalepka huh. he's going to be coming in on bass and we have a new banjo player who uh, is a terrific young musician. I think he's still in his 20s. And um, he'll be coming in. His name's Josh Dunn. And um, Woody's dying to play. I spoke to him a few days ago, and he's he's very excited and wants to play. But um, it looks like May, I think. But I can't really publicly announce the full details. Right, right. You know, until others do first. Well, that's more news than we had. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's also rumors about possible concerts in Europe in the summer. Oh, nice. And I've had more than more than one email from people over there setting stuff up. We don't know if that'll happen, but the it's certainly being talked about. Can you tell us what what numbers that you performed with the Eddie Davis and Woody Allen New Orleans Jazz Band, that you felt the group kind of had a mutual love. These were like band favorites. Uh, sure, there's a, there's there's quite a few. Um, Good old New York, which is a Jolly Roll Morton composition. Uh, Woody used to love to close the night with that song, and. The whole band loves that tune, and it's a great piece of music, and it's great for uh, for improvising on. So that's certainly one. Um, the one of the um, great Sidney Bechet French uh, titled compositions, uh, Dans les Rues d'Antibes, became. Uh, I think I can speak for the whole band and say it became kind of a band favorite, and uh, it's a great one. Um, uh, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Those two, those two come to mind, but I mean the band, you know, it's a great repertoire. It's a very large repertoire and it's all good stuff. And I would say, you know, 90, 90 plus percent of it, we all love to play anyway. It's a lot of, a lot of great, great tunes. 
there's something that I've wanted to ask you about for a long time, which uh, I didn't ask you last time, and I, and I was kind of kicking myself about it. He's passed away, sadly, but can you remember that gig that you all did where Chick Korea showed up? Absolutely. I'll never forget that. Tell it was us wonderful. About it. Chick, Chick uh, and Gail, his wife, came to see the band, and we were we were all surprised to see him come in. Um, but turns out, Gail especially, I think, is a huge Woody fan. The the movies and the writing, and um, Chick is too. And he came several times. They both came several times. Uh, but I think the first time was when Eddie invited him up to sit in with us. And um, Chick kind of insisted that I stayed with him and we played together for the first tune. You know, I, I got up and kind of handed him the, uh, got out of the way so that he could sit at the piano. And he kind of said, no, 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 stay, we'll play together. So I got a extra special thrill out of that night it was wonderful and we played um easter parade you know the irving berlin yes uh yeah and it was great it was great great memory i think it's still up but if anybody is interested there was at one point probably still is video on youtube of chick korea sitting in with the band yeah it's still it's, i'm pretty sure it's still there yeah so everyone check it out it was a great moment. He came back another time, um, saw the whole gig, and it happened to be Eddie and Debbie, our bass player's birthday. Their birthdays are about a day apart. And Chick sat down and played Happy Birthday, and Gail sang, and uh, he improvised on it, and uh, it was wonderful. <laughs> well, that He was be, a great guy. Yeah. And some incredible recordings. You can just get lost in the recordings that Chick Corea left behind. Oh, yeah. He was, um, you know, we got to hang out quite a bit. And he invited Eddie and I to to his performances at the Blue Note over a few years, every time he was in town. So we spent some time in the dressing room. He was a, a huge fan and admirer of stride piano and the early kind of jazz styles and we we talked quite a lot about that and he was a big uh, mary lou williams kind of fan and he loved all that stuff you know he wasn't just coming in to see the famous movie maker you know he really right had a genuine and deep respect and appreciation of the music hmm well being that that gig is such a high-profile gig. It does bring in all kinds of people. Can you tell us about any of the other musicians and non-musicians that you looked over and you thought, oh, wow, no kidding, look over there. Yeah, 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 there's been all kinds. Um, do you remember, um, um, uh, what's his first name? Uh, the Lamotta, the uh, heavyweight champion, um, Jake LaMotta, is it Jake? I think so. Um, he came in. Um, Bo Derek came in one night. Oh. When, and she was dating. Um, um, oh, I'm terrible with names. 
a guy that did one of these sitcom uh I forget it's all on the internet someone can find it she came in um um uh, wow I got no memory Paul anymore um the British guy that's in in um Graham Nash oh well came in several times and he what a wonderful guy and he hung out with the band and talked he could have talked all night about old music and songwriters and all that and tim rice came in um oh. andrew lloyd webber's you know lyricist and another lovely guy that was so into what we were doing and then wanted to talk about music they just hung out after you know the place is empty and these guys are still uh still hanging out um quite a lot of actors that have been in woody's films came in over the years um chris martin from coldplay came in with he he was then with um um gwyneth paltrow gwyneth paltrow and he came in with um chrissy turlington and her partner at the time burns uh ed burns yeah they all came in together and they all came up to meet the band afterwards and it, i'm gonna tell you something that's embarrassing but i didn't know who chris martin was and i certainly didn't recognize him and in conversation i clearly gathered that he was a musician so I said, oh, so Chris, you, you're a musician also. <laughs> and Ed Burns looked at me, gave me a kind of a dirty look. I think he thought I was deliberately being uh, facetious or something, but I genuinely didn't know. And and what a wonderful guy Chris Martin was. And we kind of kept in touch since then. And a few months after that night, Chris called me, uh, to ask if I could talk Woody into opening up for Coldplay at Madison Square Gardens. <laughs> and he said, I, I just love the band so much, and this music is so wonderful. I want my audience to hear it because they'll never hear this kind of music. So, um, you know, we approached Woody, and Woody thought about it for a second and, and decided it, it didn't interest him. So uh, we never got to do that. But uh, no, Chris was wonderful. And Chris said, well, you know, don't worry if he doesn't want to do it. You and tell all the band and their spouses and whatever, they've all got free tickets. And, uh, you know, it was wonderful. It was great. And he came back a few times too. Nice. Yeah. Lenny Kravitz is another one. Sorry, I'm now th and I'm remembering. Ah. Lenny Kravitz came in one night and was knocked out with the music. Uh, super interested and, you know. I found through my time of interviewing the musicians in the band, uh, some of the members seemed like they were a little dismissive of their own talents because, you know, maybe it's humility or whatever, but it's a great show. It's 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 wonderful to hear this music and to see it up close. And I, I felt like there could be more like, I don't know, like uh, it's OK to be confident, you know, or maybe it's maybe it seems like arrogance to some. But look, I mean, just look at all these people who enjoy it. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it's very nice of you to say that. I I love the band, and I think the 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 show is great. I don't know what that is. Maybe it's you know, there's no there's no flashing lights or smoke machines. It's just uh, seven guys playing acoustically. There's no, no we don't even use microphones for anybody. But yeah, I think the music's you know, it's deep and it's wonderful and it's infectious and yeah. So is there anybody that you've always wanted to work with that you haven't yet? There are. I'm trying to think uh, who that might be. Good question. I mean, there obviously are. I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, I'm struggling to come up with some names here. I'll have to think about that one and get back to you. <laughs> no no problem. No problem. No, I just saw I'm totally blanking out. But obviously there, there are. I just uh, can't pull the names out. I could see... Uh the the jazz band doing something with willie nelson sometime oh wow yeah <laughs> yeah 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 i mean he's a guy that i think would definitely kind of dig that kind of music and uh yeah he's fantastic jeez he did that album uh, a few years back with winton marsalis which came across it came out really good you know right i haven't heard that actually oh but i could totally imagine it it's worth worth checking out for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I could totally hear that. Well, I'm not sure if you have seen. Uh, I thought for a, a we could send the viewers and listeners out there on their way. Uh, I feel like we kind of have been hanging out in a jazz club right at dusk, and it slowly started getting darker. And uh, you know, it, it's it's cool. But uh, there's this movie coming out this summer. About Elvis Presley, it's a. Uh, Is it? Yeah, it it looks fantastic. I have to say, what do you think of that type of early rock and roll music? I love it. I'm yeah, not, I'm not I'm not a uh, a connoisseur of it, uh, but I mean, early Elvis, I think, is fantastic. And when I hear uh, a young Elvis singing, I hear the Mills Brothers, I hear Bing Crosby in his voice, and all that. And, um, yeah, it's just wonderful. I love early rock and roll. Um, not that I've studied it or I'm particularly knowledgeable of it, but yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, it's a direct offshoot of jazz music, you know, it's, and, and the, the further back you go, the closer it is. And it's, uh, we, we share a lot of, um, you know, musical elements. And Elvis did so many old songs. People think uh, of him as mostly singing songs from the 50s and 60s. But a lot of those songs that he was doing, like Are You Lonesome Tonight, they go back to the 20s. Exactly. I mean, the, what a beautiful song. That's an old waltz that was recorded many times, decades before Elvis came along. And yet, if you mention that song title... Uh, most people think, oh, that's an Elvis Presley song and probably assume he wrote it as well, you know, because it's it's his version of it uh, is all over the world. And it's certainly the most successful recording of it. But, yeah, that's an old um, there's another um, um, Blueberry Hill. Oh, yeah. Is uh, from 1927, I think. And everyone you know says 
Fats Domino and probably think he wrote it. And uh, it, it was recorded by a lot of people over decades uh, before that. Another beautiful, just old Tim Pan Alley song, you know. Oh, yeah. And Fats Domino did a lot of old songs. And I, I always feel like he is underrated by a lot of people. Like his interpretation of My Blue Heaven is is really wonderful. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I'm sure those guys were listening to, you know, the Mills Brothers and Bing Crosby and you know, um, all that old, uh, all the old jazz stuff. You know, the sing the vocal uh, jazz songs. Well, I was just thinking, as the sun goes down there in New York, uh, it might be nice if uh, to send the viewers mm. on their way, or their, the listeners, if we could hear some Are You Lonesome Tonight? Sure thing. It'd be my pleasure. I'm going to throw in the, uh, the little heard verse also on this one. If you, if you listen to the old... The early recordings of this with some of those Irish tenors and all the rest of it, they usually put the verse in, but Elvis didn't. So wonderful. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Tonight I'm downhearted, for though we are parted. I love you and I always will And while I am lonely I write to you only To see if you care for me still Are you lonesome tonight? Do you miss me tonight? Are you sorry we drifted apart? Does your memory stray to a bright summer's day when I kissed you and called you sweetheart? Do the chairs in your parlor seem empty and bare? Do you gaze at your doorstep and picture me there? Is your heart filled with pain? Shall I come back again? Tell me, dear, are you lonesome tonight?
Beautiful. Thanks, Paul. Just a pretty old song. It's 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 pretty rough trying to do something that Elvis that's so iconic that Elvis did. It's hard to shake that uh, thing, but it's a beautiful old waltz. It's nice. Well, I I loved it. I loved it, and I like uh, I liked hearing that. Oh, I had not heard that version. Uh, yeah, the the verse is nice. It sets up the song nicely. It's some of the a lot of these songs had beautiful verses that get left out, and that that's also 1926, same year as Bye Bye Blackbird. Wow. Yeah. Well, Colonel Fouts, thank you so much for joining us. I, I haven't interviewed many people four times, but uh, you always deliver. You know the verses that nobody else knows. You're <laughs> a marvelous player, a great singer. I'm honored to interview you. Well, thanks so much, Paul. And uh, the feeling is mutual. It's always a pleasure to be on the show. And uh, like I said before, I'm really not that interesting. But anytime you want to do this. And humble. Uh, I'll, I'll, I love it. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Much obliged. Yeah, all the best. And hopefully see you uh, maybe this summer when things get going. Absolutely. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I look forward to it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All the best. Thank you for stopping by today. If you enjoyed our program, consider telling a friend about it. The Paul Leslie Hour is made possible through people just like you. So you want to keep the show going, right? Go to thepaulleslie.com. That's thepaulleslie.com. Click on Support the Show. And thanks to everyone who contributes. Performance of the intro music is courtesy of John Primerano, The Entertainer, written by Scott Joplin. End credit theme music is courtesy of John Primerano, the traditional song, Corina, Corina. Your announcer is Dan Gold. Hey, that's me. The show is hosted and produced by Paul Leslie. And we'll see you next time on the Paul Leslie Hour.